episode 117 of the OHL 60 podcast. In tribute of the London Knights, Albuquerque is back off. We tragically passed away Saturday morning in London, Ontario. Our thoughts and prayers go out to Abacar's family, friends, and the London Knights organization, everyone else associated with Abacar. Rest in peace, Abacar. McHugh for Kazbekov, jumps off his stick. Better counter, Kazbekov, two stars! Abacar Kazbekov's first in the OHL. And the Knights take a 4-3 lead. The former first overall pick in the 2020 U18 draft, born May 30th, 2004 in Moscow, Russia. 21 career OHL games. Abakar Kazbekov. It was a short time in the Ontario Hockey League, and you are already missed dearly by a lot of people around the league, a lot of people around the London Knights organization, just anyone in the hockey world. It was a tough day on the weekend, on Saturday, when the news came down about it. And I don't think we're the only ones in saying this, that um, it's not something we enjoy seeing. These young men have trained their entire life to be the best in the hockey world. And unfortunately, at the age of 18, uh, Abakar has left us, but he will not be missed. I hope everyone took part in our 15 seconds of silence to start the show. As Colin Ward joins me on this week's edition of the OHL and 60 podcast. Uh, was an easy day for me on Saturday, Colin. Um, no, no, terrible. I just, it's, and a lot of, a lot of games postponed on Saturday, of course, for good reason. Sure. Just, yep. you know, just even with us not being on the ice, really, uh, well, not really, we're not on the ice, but um, that just, just hits everyone around the league, right? And, yeah, um, it hits home. Yeah, you don't you don't ever want to see stories like this, but unfortunately on Saturday morning, um, we did. Mm-hmm. And it's unfortunate, it's really sad, it's tragic. Um Yeah, words really can't describe. Like I know like we're supposed to talk and stuff, but it's hard to talk about this. Like mm-hmm. um you can't describe this event it's something that you don't ever want to you don't ever even imagine of doing and it's very it's very sad that's the only thing i can say like um sucks it uh, really does it hits home and it hurts um you know you feel like crap for everyone um that has unfortunately has to be involved in this um you know the family where you know Christmas, you know, Christmas time, right? And instead of celebrating Christmas, you have to do a funeral. Mm-hmm. That's that's devastating. Um, it's just a reminder, right? That it puts it in perspective where sometimes you have to remember where not everyone has a great Christmas. Um, 
Christmas can be the best time of year for some and the worst time of year for some. Um, be thankful for what you got and be thankful for your loved ones and, you know, be appreciative every single day. Live life to the fullest. And, um, man, it's devastating. Like, it's devastating. Like, you know, we played baseball, hockey, you know, we played sports. And I could never imagine having it, hearing this news about a teammate. You know, Saturday you have a game against the Flint Firebirds. I would imagine they were going to the arena. I would imagine going to the arena around eight o'clock. So, mm-hmm. for, um, and you know, you pull out to Budweiser Gardens and you see police cruisers there, and you start to think, well, what's going on, right? And that's very sad, you know. Um, I feel so bad for everyone. I mean, the family. I feel terrible for. It sucks. There's you can't. I don't even want. I can't even describe that. Like it sucks. Yeah. Um. The teammates, I feel terrible for. Like I said, it's sports. 18 years old, man. If I had, like, if I had to go to baseball or hockey, and I found out like something happened tragic to one of my teammates, I'd be devastated. Um, I'd be completely gutted, to be honest. Like, mm-hmm. um, especially, you know, you're around these guys all the time. Um, in the OHL, all the bus rides together. Everything you do is together on these teams and, you know, with your teammates. All the times you're in a hotel room with, you know, with your teammates on the road trips, the bus rides back home from Sault Ste. Marie after playing a 2 o'clock in the afternoon game in February and a snowstorm driving home. You know, everyone's done it. But those are memories you cherish, right? Those are memories that you, you know, that you're – you're going to miss those. Mm-hmm. And that's what I could never imagine. Like, you know, I feel so bad for the teammates. Um, the staff at a lot of nights, you know, it feels terrible. And then also the opposing teams, you know, in the OHL, there's a brotherhood that goes on that isn't just in the locker room. It's other locker rooms. You know, there's a lot of friends that play against one another in the OHL. It's a close community. It really is. <clears throat> Um, last year, in the, I'm just going to mention one story here. Last year in the OHL final, Michael Renwick comes back home, former Hamilton Bulldog. They had so many relationships with guys in that room on Hamilton, Michael Renwick did. And, you know, it's not just guys that get traded elsewhere. There's guys that play minor hockey together, that play against each other. Um, it's a brotherhood. Everyone knows everybody. Yeah, on the ice, you go against each other, but off the ice, everyone knows one another. You know, they follow each other on social media. They communicate, you know. They could train together in the off offseason. Um, and it's just devastating. I feel completely terrible for every single person involved. You don't even, like it's, you know, you don't even imagine about it. It sucked waking up to this on a Saturday morning. Um, you know, and that's the first thing you hear. It's like, oh, you know, like, what – it sucks. Um, I have no word. Like, I can't, like, I don't even know what to say. Like, mm-hmm. it's devastating. It's just sad. Um, all I have to say is cherish your loved ones, you know. Don't take it for granted. Um, you know, like, live life to the fullest. Because um, you never know. You never know. And it sucks. It really does. But all we can, all you can do right now is 
especially at the holiday season, be with your loved ones. Let them know how much you appreciate them. You know, this time of the year isn't all about like presents and stuff like that. It's about spending time with your family. And I think that the one note that I think all the fans that listen to our show should take from this is don't take your loved ones for granted. Spend every moment you can with them. I mean, I have a grandparent that's deceased. Miss them every day. It sucks. Don't um, don't take it for granted, and uh, let them know how much you appreciate them. And I think that's the one message that I want to give for all the listeners going into the holiday season, because that's what the holidays are about. And uh, that's a message I want to give because it's terif- it's terrifying and it sucks. It really does. Gotcha. October 9th, 2021, the Harry Lumley Bayshore Community Center. You heard the highlight off the top, his first and only goal in the Ontario Hockey League, a game winner against the Owen Sound attack and the only goal scored in the third period of that game. Not a way we ever wanted to start off a show, but no, it's it's something that had to be had to be talked about for sure, and uh, yeah. and yeah, re- this is the shows for him. Um, so on that note, uh, we will take a break. When we come back, we talked about the Eastern Conference last week: buyers, sellers, stayers. Um, this week we're going to the West. So um, as we head to break, this show is for you, number fifteen in green. Rest in peace, Abakar Kazbekov. Welcome back to the OHL in 60 podcast. I'm Reese Demaney along with Colin Ward. Segment number two, we're going to start with headlines uh, from this past week. We're going to start in North Bay with their third jerseys, third and fourth jerseys, I guess it is. Alternate jerseys, uh, we should say. The white and black with the tank on the front. Throw it back to the Centennials. Colin Ward, your first thoughts when you saw these beauties. I love them. Like you said, beauties. Um, they are. Those things are beauties. Um, I think this is just a transition for them to make them their full-time jerseys next year. That's what I think it is. And I think I know um, baseball fans or Toronto Blue Jay fans can attest to this. Remember when the Blue Jays used to wear their all, those when they used to have the black and like the old like Jays logo, mm-hmm. like the one before this one. Remember how they used to always wear like the old the throwbacks. Man, flashback Fridays. That was the team yeah. sucked, but it got people to the ballpark. Well, they had to do something to get people yeah. there. Yeah, That's very true. Yeah. yeah, man, it was bad to watch games there like two or three years ago. You imagine trying to watch a game there in like 2011, 2010, yeah. 2000, and think of the 2000s from 2000. I was gonna say, out of four games I remember going to, where the Jays wore those black uniforms or the white, whatever, with that Jays logo. Yeah. Two of them were pitched by Roy Halladay, and both times the Jays won. Obviously, um, 
one of the ones, it was a 3-2 game, 3-2 win against the Baltimore Orioles, who were just as relevant then as they are now. Um, and then the other one, Roy Halladay throws a two-hit shutout against the New York Yankees. The two men to get those two hits to beat. were Derek Jeter and A-Rod. So, that's cool. That's yeah. a game you don't remember. That's yeah. sweet. But, but yeah, no, I, I completely transition. Agree. I completely agree remember, with you. They used to kind of like throw that in there, the Jays, right? Where like they'd wear them, and then all of a sudden they're their full time jersey, and they come out with a new line of jerseys. Yeah. I think this is what North Bay is doing. I think next year these will be the North Bay Battalion jerseys full time. They should be. Yeah, I'm in for that. The old Absolutely. town, old time hockey feel, eh? and it fits North Bay. Yeah. Um, not and get rid of that Brampton look. Yeah, yeah. Well, and it's a simple design, right? You just got the main, you get black, the main white, and then just three different color stripes. You know, whether it's the green, black, and white for the, uh, uh, for both of them, uh, actually just in a different order. But uh, yeah, just a simple look, right? And like you said, it's, it's the North Bay Battalion. It will no longer have anything to do with Brampton. So um, makes it even better, obviously. You know, no, I'm not, I don't, man. I know they're like I know they're unique jerseys, but I'm not the biggest fan of their jerseys. Maybe because it's different. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't hate them, but I, I kind of see where I mean, you're coming from. Yeah. It's, it, like it's when you look around other teams, like when London did that switch to the green, those things look sharp. London's current jerseys look they're really nice. Yeah, except um, their alternates. Their alternate logos suck, but the colors are nice. Yeah, I like the fair. colors. Yeah. I like the colors, but the logo, the Spider Knight logo is the worst logo. Them and the Guelph Storms old logo, when they used to have the storm written underneath in the blocks, are the worst logos I've ever ever saw in the OHL. Don't at me. The London Knight Spider logo, and here comes a rant, but oh well, it's Christmas time. Merry Christmas, by the way, listeners. But those, I'm doing them a favor right now with uh, roasting the jerseys, (laughs) because that logo, that Spider Knight logo is awful. I've said it before. It should be in the dumpster out back at Budweiser Gardens. Um, that thing's terrible. Uh, I don't know how. And that's a logo that I think you make to try to draw people that don't like that aren't like full timers going to the game to get your single game tickets up. Like I think mm-hmm. that's why you have that jersey, that logo. North Bay, Kurt, the new alternates they have there are unreal. The fact that they designed two just. Rings of Orange. So that's gonna be their jersey next year. Yeah, yeah. That's the thing, right? They came with black and white. It wasn't just a black or no, most alternate jerseys aren't white, but um, the fact that they came out with the black and white, yeah, that kind of, yeah, that's pretty telling. I agree. Yeah, and by the way, when we resumed to action. Finally, darts at home. Finally, yes. Thank the Lord. Yeah, I hate that that happens. Where the darks, where the darks at home all the time. Maybe the odd time you can switch it up. If a team, if the road team goes on a road trip and they only want to bring one jersey, yeah, then. Yeah. But like, where are the darks at home all the time? It shouldn't even change. It should be the same all year. That's one thing I would change, along with a bunch of other things. Ten minute OT we need, but I haven't really noticed that a lot lately this year. This year hasn't been as bad. The OTs. Haven't been as bad. I feel like we've gotten more games solved in overtime than we have in the shootout. Mm-hmm. So that's that. good. Yeah. Uh, all right. Head- yeah. Headline number two, players of the week. Uh, we'll start with the goaltender. Marco Costantini. 
the Kitchener Rangers had themselves a pretty good weekend, and they're on a really good stretch right now, by the way. Uh, Marco Costantini was 2-0. One of those wins was a shutout. A .50 goals against average over the weekend and a 981 save percentage. That winning streak is at six games, by the way, for the Kitchener Rangers. A 9-0 win over the Sioux Greyhounds on home ice. 22 shots uh, or 22 saves for the victory. And then heading into the holiday break, they head into the Paramount Fine Food Center. Should be Hershey Center. It sounds better. Uh, 5-1 victory. Over the Mississauga Steelheads, what a performance this weekend. And who knows? We'll see what happens with the Kitchener Rangers coming out of the break um, because they are on a roll, that is for sure. So Marco Costantini taking home goaltender of the week. Good for Marco. Quiet, quiet, very steady. Not going to get a lot out of him. But one thing you are going to get out of him, number four, is consistent play. Marco's the type of player, and we know this from his Hamilton Bulldogs days. Marco's the type of player where it literally looks like he, like, I mean, like, it's good for goalies, I guess. It looks like he's just not even thinking, just there, make the save, like, doesn't do anything, doesn't say anything. Not flashy Um, at all. Yeah, like, probably one of the toughest interviews. Like, yeah. No, it was yeah, interesting. We, I was I was surprised how much year. how much I got out of him. The finals um, was good. Yeah, the yeah, finals, for the finals after, after the, the game. game. But when he just won a championship, there's kind of relief there. Yeah. But I rem- remember when he uh, remember though in the game in the post game. So after like game two, I think in the North Bay series in the conference final last year, mm-hmm. it was like a two minute press conference for the Hamilton side because there was just nothing. Yeah. It was just, and it was kind of funny, but Marco's Marco and. Uh, Good for him. Um, such a good talent. And, uh, yeah, good for him. Uh, OHL Player of the Week, Evan Veerling of the Barry Colts. And what a weekend it was. Ten points, five goals, and five assists. Three out of four victories for the Colts this past week. Um, 7-5 win over the Sudbury Wolves. A 3-2 overtime win. Against the Guelph Storm. Um, And then, of course, against the North Bay Battalion. That was uh, a victory as well. That home-and-home, I should mention, against the North Bay Battalion um, with that final game, uh, 3-2 OT loss uh, to North Bay. But, uh, yeah, no, Evan Veerling, have yourself a week. Ten points in four games. It's pretty good, for sure. Um, Yeah. So he is the OHL Player of the Week this week. And Colin, to your two headlines for this yeah, past big, week. Yeah, there's a big one in Perry, a Shogas and Bo Gelsman, not a big deal. Um, and, you know, this is a big deal. Um, big brother, he's partnering up with uh, Bo Aki, his teammate. Uh, Bo's buddies, they call it, Big Brothers, Big Sisters in Barry. Every Saturday home game, you'll see a member of Big Brothers, Big Sisters of Barry uh, attend a game. They'll be on the bench for warm-ups and um, – just a great way to give back was a quote from uh, Bo Gelsman, show guest. So good for them. Um, good for them. And that's something those kids will really appreciate. And mm-hmm. it's something they'll always remember. So um, you love to see kids like, cause the players in this league are kids and that's it, you know, and we talked about it off the top. They are kids. Um, and that's one point I want to make out where when you're at these games and stuff, you got to remember on the glass, 
there's age from ages 16 to age 20, you know, so they're kids. And uh, like, this is a positive to see kids like this take the initiative and uh, get back like this in the junior community that they're playing in. And um, it's always nice when you can see uh, players around the league do this and take the initiative and um, invite um, certain programs and stuff to the games and get them behind the scenes action. And it's something the kids will really appreciate. And that's what this league's all about growing the game. So yeah, right on. And also my last one is we transfer over to our buy sell Western conference Kitchener Rangers. What a weekend. Um, they go two and oh, obviously winning six in a row, but in the two games outscore their opponents 14 to one. So what a weekend for Kitchener in their two games. And that's six. They are currently cruising right now. Six game uh, winning streak going into the break. Can't think of a hotter team going into the break, Reese, than the Kitchener Rangers. Absolutely. Um, and they are number seven in the Western Conference standings heading into this holiday break. We will get to them in just a few short moments. But yeah, Colin Ward set up that transition beautifully. We even planned that in the break. So um, yeah. we're working that game plan to a T right now. Maybe we'll get a choreography um, uh, gig. Eh, maybe pay money to see Colin Ward dance. All right. Oh. Uh, no, maybe we'll like set it up for them. That's what I was meaning by that. All right. I'm okay. not. Okay. Good. All right. I'm not a dancer. Yeah. No, I wouldn't say I am either. Maybe, maybe if I had a couple of canes and it's a little different, but yeah. Yeah. Some liquid confidence. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Perfect. Yeah. I feel that. Absolutely. Um, all right, number 10, the Erie Otters. We're going to start there in the Western Conference. Uh, not not good times in Erie, PA at all. The win-loss total really isn't what you would expect out of a last-place team. They're four games under 500, 11 and 15, uh, three points behind the Guelph Storm, and they have three games in hand, so there you go. Uh, but losers of their last five games, they are 1-8-0-1 in their last 10 Um Clearly not in a position where they're going to go out and buy stars around this Yeah, they league. need picks, too. Um, yeah, they need to recoup picks uh, really badly. And uh, part of that was starting with the trade of Mr. Kairou to the uh, to the Sarnia Sting. Yeah, that was a big trade. That was a massive trade. Because prior to that trade, Reese, they didn't have a lot of picks. And they got a good player back in return to the Uriars as well. But prior to that trade, they only had one second going into this year this year's draft that is and no thirds or fourths going into that. And then next year they only had one second. So only two seconds in three years for the Erie Otters, no thirds in two years and only one fourth. That's not enough. They had to make that trade. That's a very good trade. And I expect there to be more. Brett Brissett would be a really good pickup in my opinion. Um, underrated year, underrated year. He's got an even plus minus rating on the year. He has 36 points in 29 games, and I think it's quiet. I don't think a lot of people talk about Brett Brissett, but he's a very good hockey player. Um, look for a team like Kitchener to uh, maybe an division trade here. Um, Kitchener still has a little bit of picks left, um, but look for Kitchener to acquire maybe another forward. Because yeah, I think they'll acquire one more player, Kitchener. I think that's, a, that's an option for them. Mm-hmm. Um, also, it's an option – for the Windsor Spitfires, I look at Windsor. Windsor was a team that had trouble with Yuri Brissett's got a lot of points against Windsor this year. Um, so that's a good impression, right? It's a good first impression when you play against a team and you have um, success against them. 
And uh, look for a team like Windsor maybe to take the flyer on uh, Brissett. But uh, those are some teams I could see them going to. But, yeah, they'll be – I would imagine they got to sell for sure with the picks that they have right now on their system. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Gulf Storm, not the season we expected from them. 12-16-3-1, 28 points, one point behind – uh, Sault Ste. Marie, who occupies that eight spot in the Western mm-hmm. Conference. You know, not a bad past 10 heading into the holiday break. 5-4-1, and one, which is ultimately a 500 record. Um, well, they've made trades throughout the season. They've gotten a couple of defensemen, and obviously throughout the beginning of the year, uh, they really need it. But uh, they're, they're in an interesting spot as well, Colin, because um, they don't have the bench boss that they planned on having. Um, at yeah. the start of the year. So that was a tough transition as you're getting into the start of the season. But um, yeah, defense an issue. Um, they've got the highly touted uh, Cam Allen uh, as part of the draft that, you know, he'll be back next year to lead that D group and, um, you know, make sure the puck stays out of the net a lot more um, than it has this year. But, um, you know, in the ninth spot, you expect to sell, um and maybe get picks to make yourself better in the coming years. But the Guelph Stormer, they're interesting right yeah. now. Yeah, Guelph, it's an interesting time to be there for sure. Um, I look at their picks. They don't have a lot of picks. Um, when you look at their roster, it's tough to see who they would trade, right? Jelkin's an 03. I think Jelkin sticks out immediately. Jake Murray, an 02 overager. I don't know how much value he has. Mm-hmm. I don't know how much value OAs have when most of the good teams already have their OA spots filled up other than Ottawa. And I think Ottawa zeroed in down to an elite player. And not that Jake Murray is an elite, he's a good player. But I think Ottawa wants to go get a very powerful elite forward. We talked about Logan Morrison last week, where Logan Morrison is a ter- lighting up this year, right? Where there's a big difference in point production between the two, one being a defenseman and one being a forward. So. Mm-hmm. Big difference, but in my opinion, I think they're really the only player that they have, Braden Bowman, Danny Jelkin, I think are two big players, underrated guys that could be on the block. But I think like it's been a tough year for Guelph. Guelph's one of those teams where if they had a goalie, and we've said that all the time, mm-hmm. we said if their goaltending, they give up too many goals. If their goaltending was there, when with the where the roster is. They'd be okay. They'd be okay. And it's not. It's not there. And um, there's decisions to be made. I think they – it's weird. But I don't even like – it's hard to tell what they do because it's not like your prototypical nine-seed team, you know? I can see – like I can see Guelph with their roster even after the passage off trade. Like they've had guys – they've had a lot of guys underachieve, which is also big. It's not all on their goalies. They've had way too many guys underachieved this year, um, Guelph. Um, you know, not that 25 points in 23 games is a bad year because you're over a point a game, but expect a little bit more out of Jilkin. Um, Jake Carabella, 17 points, 32 games, minus 22. Expect, expect more than that. Mm-hmm. Um, Cam Allen in his draft year, um, minus 14, 15 points in 32 games. You know, you just expect more. You expected more out of these guys that needed to step up. I think Matthew Poitras had a really good year, but I don't think he gets traded. Um, the talk about two months ago when um, 
you know, you have coaches throwing them under the bus there, yeah. posting about penalties. He, there was definitely teams calling about him because I, I feel like every team in the league would take Matthew Quatra on their team. Um, 34 points in 27 games plus one rating. Mm-hmm. So they got some pieces there. I don't think their 04s get dealt. I wouldn't be trading their 04s unless you get a lot. Because if you trade your 04s, you're looking at a two to three year rebuild instead of just this year and try and then next year you're in the five to eight range in the West. Because yeah. the West is a tough conference to rebuild. It's always stacked up at the top. It's there's always you'll never not see a London Windsor Kitchener good or all be bad at the same time. You'll never mm-hmm. see them all be bad at the same time. You're always gonna see them in the top four. Those teams are still, and even Saginaw, you put in that territory now. You're never going to see that. So, in my opinion, Guelph sells. I think they tried. I don't think it's anything major because I think they already made their major move with Asajoff. And acquiring Domestikov, that means 04 is just the goal. Go for next year. Yeah. And the goaltending's there. So, we'll see. But I think they'll get better. And it might take that Mem Cup memo. Remember how we said last week how. The Mem Cup teams that are bidding for the Mem Cup, you want to acquire 04s. You want to be good for next year. Get guys that are in their prime of their junior careers. Next year, the prime of their junior careers is 04s. Wow, I'm getting old. But, <laughs> like, man, I'm getting old. And and say, then, I, I still think of the greatest quote of all time from Ted Lehman. Um, These players stay the same age, but I keep getting older. So, Yeah, it's yeah. depressing. Yeah. It's not fun. But, yeah, yeah that's what I think. I uh, – I think they kind of take that note, that Mem Cup note, right? Quiero mm-hmm. fours and uh, build a core for next year. I also think Mississauga should do that. That's it. That was last week. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Sioux Greyhounds in the eighth spot. They are one of those teams going for the Memorial Cup uh, next year. They've scored the least amount of goals in the Western Conference, 91. They've given up 122. Um, that is also the second least amount of goals scored in the entire Ontario Hockey League. The only team that has scored less is the Niagara Ice Dogs. Um, the Sioux Greyhounds, again, they're almost in the same boat as the Ice Dogs, right? You think about it, and obviously they don't have Niagara Falls. Um, they don't have Clifton Hill. But Sioux St. Marie is still a, a very nice city, uh, very capable of hosting a great Memorial Cup village. Um, don't have a lot of picks. Yeah, the talent on the ice has to get better. Um, definitely need picks as assets to go after stars next year. That's for sure. Um, and they're just, they're just hanging around. I feel like it'd be huge for this group to just get into the playoffs and kind of give a small taste of what it'll be like for next year. Obviously if they get the tournament and if they don't get it, there'll be two different situations there. But I, I think for this Sioux group who is going after this tournament, they just have to get into the playoffs whether they get swept, whether they lose in five, um, just to experience what it's like to to have an atmosphere. Say, if the playoffs started today, they would have the Windsor Spitfires, and we know exactly what that building sounds like in the playoffs call and the Wafku. Yeah, Center. it's wild. So, just um, a division in division. Yeah, that's that makes it even more intriguing, right? Uh, just just mm-hmm. get into the playoffs if you're Sue, and I think that's got to be their goal right now is to not you know, sell, 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 and go for a very top pick and a great rookie. But well, try and be that seven or eight team that just squeaks into the playoffs to get a lick. Yeah, here's the thing. I think Guelph, I think Guelph gets in over Sith. 
Me personally, watching both teams, I think Guelph gets in over two. But it kind of surprised me. I know it was only two picks, but the Sirizadi trade kind of surprised me. I know it's an eighth round pick in 2023 and a third round pick in 2026 going to Niagara. Mm-hmm. That kind of surprised me, the trade. Not back on the 15th, but um, yeah, that trade kind of surprised me to see that acquiring an 03 in Sirius Zotti. Um, obviously, they'll probably get him back for an 08 year, but yeah, that was kind of a head scratcher to me. And I just don't know what they can trade. I think that core is there. I mean, Tyler Savard, an 03, but I think he can be back next year for an 08 year. Mm-hmm. So it kind of it kind of surprises me to think what they like what they could possibly trade, right? Because it's another thing with the OAs. Mark Duart would be a really good addition for any team that's in contention. We saw firsthand what he did up close last year with the Hamilton Bulldogs. Where he's, um, he was a huge X factor in that lineup in the playoffs for the Bulldogs, um, playing all aspects of the game. Um, he'd be a good addition, but I don't think Mark Duart can. Really good hockey player, but I don't think he's going to get you multiple packs. Well, he'll get you a couple, but mm-hmm. he's not going to get you like the big man's. But he'd be a really good addition. That'd be he'd be really good on a team that needs OAs. But that's another thing, right? OA for OA. Yeah. What do you do? Yeah. When you see Kitchener acquire Leighton Moore, right? With the with that trade, if you're going to give up an OA, it has to be a big upgrade. And I thought lot like last year's trade was a big upgrade for the Hamilton Bulldogs, acquiring Arbor Jackeye for Naver Mutter. Naver Mutter was an effective player, but Arbor Jackeye, mm-hmm. the things he does on the back end, you just value more than a forward does. So that's that's a tough move to make. So I don't know what Sue can trade. I was going to say that's a that's the thing about that um, uh, Jackeye and Mutter deal, right? Hamilton had enough firepower; they got McTavish. Um, you know, they, they, they totally had enough guys up front. Navin Mutter, like I said, he would have been a third, fourth line grinder. Um, you know, just a guy that you want to throw a weight around when you need it. But when you add Arbor Jack, I, he just, he plays defense as well. He's a great defender. He's great in his own end. He hits people exactly the same way Mutter does. It's just the upside actually with the hockey skill was, was way higher. And I agree with you in this situation, right? Um, you know, whatever team there. is out there after an OA, it's going to be a star that they go after. Mm-hmm. We're talking, you know, whether it's the Windsor Spitfires, Ottawa 67s, um, you know, take your pick in terms of teams who are at the top right now. But um, it just just about managing your team and managing who you want to be a part of your team uh, to try and chase a championship. Absolutely. Uh, number seven, here are the <laughs> Kitchener Rangers. So, can I, you want me to mention the moves? Yeah, yeah, we'll start with that. So, December 13th, last week, they have acquired Leighton Moore from the Kitchener Rangers for Joseph Serpa, who's a valuable OA. Joseph Serpa is, on, is an underrated player. Um, good pickup for the Generals. He's going to help. Um, it, then Oshawa got a London second-round pick in 2024, a London third-round pick in 2025. And I think this is from the LeBlanc deal with the Niagara Ice Dogs. With the Dickinson trade, Dickinson goes in. And yeah. we could do a player map on this trade in about 10 years from now when these picks come into effect. It would be mm-hmm. really cool because last Tuesday I saw the conditions from the Key and Sopa deal. Or so deal? Yeah. yeah. But 
So this the one condition just came up, and the pick was enlisted. So the SOPA trade to Erie, mm-hmm. the one condition was like going into the SOPA deal, and like the one pick came from the Anthony Sorelli trade back from Oshawa to Erie. Okay, so that's kind of interesting. The one pick that they got from Erie must have been an extra from Oshawa going to Erie. Mm-hmm. Was picked by Niagara. That was in the Sorelli deal. One of the players. So that's kind of cool how the player maps continue. So I think this would be a cool deal to look at in the future, where mm-hmm. Sam Dickinson goes to London. The picks that go back to Niagara turn into the little blocks, and then now Leighton Moore turns into the little blocks. And now, what does Oshawa pick? So that's kind of cool to see the player map um, and how that adds up. But and also Kitchener threw in an eighth round pick in twenty twenty five, by the way. But they did that. But hey, they weren't done yet because the top score, one of the top scores was on the board, and they did it. And we were wondering what Kingston was going to do, Reese, because we talked about this. If Shane Wright doesn't come back because he had a good AHL stint, what's the alternative move? Well, I guess we found it out. Yeah, Francesco Archery to the Kitchener Rangers for a Saginaw third-round pick in 2023, a Barry second-round pick in 2024, a Barry third-round pick in 2025, a Kitchener second-round pick in 2026, a Mississauga third-round pick in 2026, and a conditional um, Kitchener fifth-round pick in 2026 as well. What a trade. Um, I don't think Kitchener's done. I'm looking at their picks because it depends what their picks are. But yeah. Kitchener would be a team that I would love to see go after Brett Brissett or a Liam Gilmartin in Erie. One of those Erie guys. Liam Gilmartin is a drafted player. You can play on your third line. Mm-hmm. Kind of kind of brings the same game that Pasquale Zito is going to bring to North Bay. I think that's a really good pickup for a team that has all the pieces in place but just has to get over the hump. Look for them to look for them to acquire a guy that's a second line. Fringe first line player on a low conference team in the standings, a non playoff team or seventh to tenth team in the in the conference. Look for them to acquire one of those players to put on the third line and beef up that third line and see what happens. But that's a move that I would make if I was Kitchener. Kitchener's a team too, where they had the talent. And prior to this, prior to these moves, you look at Kitchener, right? And it was like this team's good. This team is really good, but can they be the team in a series? Can they stick to their system and be the team with a strong system like Windsor, London in a series? Can they do that? They had to acquire talent. They did that. Bravo to them. And we had a hot take before we came on air, Reese. I'm quickly going to pop that up. Um, So right now they're in seventh. I think they finished third in the West. I think they passed the Flint Firebirds, the Owen Sun Attack, Sarnia Sting, and the Saginaw Spirit by the end of this year. Um, I don't know if they passed Windsor London, but I think they finished in the top three in the West at the end of this year. And um, this team's good. They have the goalie. They have the goal scoring. They have the defense. It reminds me so much of the Bulldogs team we got to see last year up close. It reminds me so much of that. If they can make another big move, watch out. Yeah, Kitchener Rangers, one of two, one of only two teams in the Western Conference yet to give up 100 goals on the season, the other team being the London Knights. And when you have Brett Brochu, doesn't surprise me, 
um, yeah, that that is the case. As well. but yeah. So yeah, it's, it's interesting, right? The Kitchener Rangers and you talk about, you know, guys getting to buy into a system and being able to stick to it throughout the playoffs, throughout a potential seven game series. That was the issue to start the season. There was no buy-in. Um, as Josh Brown yeah. uh, alluded to in the Kitchener record at the start of the year, you know, guys were essentially playing for themselves and there wasn't a whole lot of, a whole lot of buy into that new system in Kitchener. And now, you know, with a six game win streak here, you've made a couple of acquisitions. They have pieces are starting to fall into place. And yeah. this is where um, uh, Mike McKenzie envisioned his team and what mm-hmm. he thought it would look like throughout the year. So they're, they're, they're the number seven seed right now, but they're not they're a chance. They're going to finish there. Um, yeah, I, I, I like that top three pick. I still think, you know, top four, they might be that four seed. They play a tough four or five yeah. series to start the playoffs. But, uh, yeah, no, it's exciting to think about, right, where we are going to yeah. be. We'll, we'll remember this. 30 points. We're recording on December 19th. Obviously, it won't make a difference when it's released the mm-hmm. next day because there are no games. But 30 points as they enter the holiday break. We'll see where they are uh, at the end of the year because, yeah, they're they're very intriguing, very exciting. So if anyone can go to the odd, um, go because that'll be that'll be a fun yeah. team to watch. Absolutely. All right, number six team, the Flint Firebirds, 16-12-2-1. They are 35 points on the season. That is five ahead of the Kitchener Rangers. Kitchener Rangers, though, with three games in hand. Flint comes in to this holiday break. Losers of their last three games. Yeah. Uh, Othman has already been dealt. Um, yeah, they they do. It's it... With the Othman deal, you think sell. But yeah. is this a team that just stays where they are and they play the rest of the season out? Maybe a minor deal here and there. but yeah. Or do they, they just load a... up on more picks? So they have a ton of O3s. They have a ton of O3s. I think Riley Pierce is a good option, a good alternative option at OA, at the OA spot for your team in need of an OA. I think Riley Pierce would be a really good addition if you want to get over that hump. I think he puts you over that. Um, I think he'd be a good one to get for an OA spot. Uh, Michi Kuzman would be a really good pickup as well for defense. And the only thing is with an import, right, with the import thing, you'd have to ship out an import there and uh, all that situation and the issues that come with that shipping out imports and those trades get complicated but he'd be a really good addition i really like kuzman's game i think he he really drives the play he's similar to leighton moore brings that same aspect that leighton moore brings right good transition game quick up in the rush um makes everything faster that's the thing i really admire about leighton moore's game and dimitri kuzman as well they are guys that pavel mintikoff that's just in saginaw mm-hmm. um they're guys that get up in the rush. They start the rush. Um, they make the forwards play quicker. You just play faster, cleaner. Um, it's a lot more. It's a lot more fun to watch when you got a guy like that can that can really drive the play. And um, I think Kuzman would be a really good pickup. I think Kuzman Pierce are guys to watch out for. Um, I mean, if they want to get creative, and Mendez Lombardi, um, forty-four points in thirty-one games. Yeah, if they uh, really want to load up their draft. 3 right? Yeah. No 3 So there's a good chance he could be with the Grand Rapids Griffins last next year. 
which isn't necessarily a you know, going to just happen because Rishi and I know both hand about Steve Eisman. Steve Eisman could possibly be that GM that would send him back for an OA year. Mm-hmm. A lot of picks. A lot of picks. Donovan Sobrango is currently playing for the Toledo Walleye in the ECHL. Emil Vero, one of the best players on Finland last year at the World Juniors playing in the in the um, East Coast with the Toledo Walleye. So they have good prospects playing in the East Coast. It's, they're stockpiled right now. They're in that transition phase, right, where they got their prospects in the minors who are developing in their system. And then a year or two from now, then they'll be up with the Detroit Red Wings. So it's one of those things where possibly Lombardi could be back next year. So you know what would be a good option? If I'm the Niagara Ice Dogs, Kingston Frontenacs, Sault Ste. Marie Greyhounds, or Saginaw Spirit, I'm taking a shot at getting him to return for a post. I'm taking my chances there. Um, just because you know what the Red Wings have been doing. And if you have good contact, the Saginaw Spirit do. And I'm sorry, and I am so sorry, Flint fans. You know I love you guys, but <laughs> trade into a division rival, right? Like that, that'd be tough. But there's connection there between Saginaw and the Detroit Red Wings. Um, there'd be good communication there with the team. Um, that's something that I could see happening, just because of what Steve Eiserman does. You, I, I know he'd be the GM that would send an OA back. I know that for sure. Yeah. Absolutely, and, and we see both we see both times with with what's going on in Grand Rapids and in their system. They have they have a lot of players in there, mm-hmm. and there's not a lot of ice time going around. So I can see that happening. So maybe take a shot. Yeah, in um, goal, I think they're steady uh, for the foreseeable future. Will Cranley is the starting goaltender this year, but Nathan day uh, he's played in 11 games this year. You have to think he is the guy uh, moving forward for the Flint firebirds. Obviously Bo uh, Pierowski has seen a lot of time in junior B uh, this season, only one game played so far this year in the O, but you would think that would have to be the goaltending tandem uh, going into next year and into the future for the Flint firebirds. So, um, you know, other than maybe, Cranley, that area is an untouchable area. So, um, yeah, you know, they're interesting. I like that point you made. Um, yeah, it's they they do have a lot of guys, and you know whether they have a lot of picks or not doesn't mean you can't have more, right? That just sets yourself up to to make a run at. You know, could you imagine we have a Flint Saginaw OHL representation in the Memorial Cup if they host it? Obviously, I'm not saying that'll for sure happen, but. That's kind of cool to think about for sure. Uh, number five spot, the Owen Sound Attack. They have 35 points uh, as well. You know, exact same record, I should say. 16, 12, 2, and 1. Um, but losers of their last six, 2, 5, 2, and 1 in their last 10. You know, call it, a lot of high hopes for this team, not just from us, from around the Ontario Hockey League. And they've kind of fallen off. Um, and kind of back down to earth, but uh, still, yeah, still a lot of potential for this team. Um, but yeah, like you said, gotta stay healthy. Yeah. They gotta stay healthy and they gotta get defense. Their defense, their defense. I don't think their defense is a contending defense. Um, I think they have, I think they can score. You know what they are? They're almost like the Toronto Maple Leafs. Remember, 
they have the goal to I really like their obviously we won't roast them like we do the Maple Leafs because yeah, they're on a different planet. And I mean win a playoff round. The only sound attack will possibly will probably win a playoff round. Yeah. So they're not, but yeah, any chance to dig the Leafs, we do it. Um, but yeah, they I don't I don't think their defense is good enough. Um I watched them in division. And that's the thing that locks them in the division. That's the thing that keeps them below Kitchener and below the Lemon Knights in the division. Um, I don't think we can defend with those teams. I don't think we can defend with the top teams. Um, I think they can score with the top teams, but mm-hmm. we all know. But we all know that they can't defend. They um, against the top teams. If you can't defend, the scoring doesn't matter in the playoffs. If you can't defend, you don't win. So they yeah. acquire defense. Um. And if they can acquire defense, then they'll be a good team. Then they're a contender. I like their goaltending. I like their goal scoring abilities, but can't defend. So that's what they have to improve. All right. Number four, Sarnia Sting. They have been one of the busier teams, and it's tough to say teams have been busy when we have the Niagara Ice Dogs in our league. But um, (laughs) the Sarnia Sting have made a lot of moves that have had a pretty good impact on their team and on their on-ice results. They are 16-10-4-2 going into the holiday break. Uh, minus five goal differential being in the four spot, but they've won their last yeah. two. Um, you know, you kind of think there might be a period where we see a lot of losses, maybe not a lot of losses, but a few more losses than we would expect. And obviously that is because uh Ben Godro is away at the World Juniors so they don't have him um for a few weeks but once he comes back um this Sarnia Sting team is in contention for you know maybe not just one playoff round win maybe for two we see them uh, in the Western Conference Finals um I think they've made it very clear mm-hmm. with all of their moves that that is their goal to get to a conference final and probably to an OHL final because nobody likes stopping in the semifinals so um, yeah, it, it's been very yeah, clear what their nice plans to the are dance, to do. Right? Yeah, it's been it's been made clear what they're going to do. Um, whether or not we see a couple more moves, there's a chance. But uh, from what we've what we've witnessed so far, uh, this is a good hockey club heading into the holiday break, and um, we think it's just going to get better. The chemistry is just going to get a lot better between this group once they get Gojo yeah. back. Yeah. Um, and he's the number one guy starting, you know, 75 to 80% of the games down the stretch. Um, you know, they're easily a top five team in this league. It just, you know, we got to watch it play out and see if they will be that uh, come the end of the year. Yeah, absolutely. They have the firepower up front. I think it would be nice to add a couple more defense. They give up a lot of goals because I don't think their defense was there. And also, Godro is kind of fighting a little bit. But, um, yeah, I think you just add a couple defensemen here. Your picks that you have, they're very thin on the pick, especially next year, 2023. They take a hit. Um, you're looking at a long rebuild. You're in it this year. They've announced that they're going to go all in, and they, mm-hmm. they've shown that in the pick side of things. Next year, other than their first-round pick, or usually they don't have a pick till the sixth round. They don't have a second, third, fourth, and a fifth next year. So you're all in this year. Yeah. But next year's going to be a long year. Um, they have a third this year, a fourth this year, and two fifths. Possibly that gets you a veteran defenseman. That would be good, get an 3 defenseman in there, be your third to sixth defenseman. I think if they could acquire one of those, beef up the back end, I mean, that's always good, right? You can never have enough good defensemen, quality defensemen. That's a GM's dream. Yeah. So that's what I look for them to do. 
Number three, Saginaw Spirit. <coughs> they have 42 points. Uh, they're tied for first in the West Division, not the um, Ontario Hockey League, or the Western Conference, I should say. London sandwiches them and Windsor with the Spitfires having played one last game. Uh, Saginaw Spirit, 29-2. and two. On the season, they've scored 126 goals. They've given up 100. Um, they are above 500 team in their last 10 games heading into this holiday break. They are building for next year. Uh, being yeah. One of the teams that are going for the Memorial Cup. They will be very competitive this year, uh, whether they make moves or not. Uh, you can easily see them winning a playoff series this year and giving teams a run for their money uh, throughout the postseason. Uh, but this team is building for next year, whether that means they're buying you know, younger guys to get experience now and get used to Saginaw this year, moving into next year, or they sell you know, a couple of guys that can be impact players on other teams to get picks for that big fish, that big catch um, yeah. next year. So they could go both ways, right? And we're not saying selling isn't tanking for, for Rubric. We're not saying buying is in. They're going all in this year, and we're forgetting about next year because that's clearly not the plan. They could go either way with minor mm-hmm. deals. They can you know, buy a guy to build in and integrate into the system for next year, or they can give another team, more than likely, probably they'd like in the other conference, um, which that's not just them. That's all teams. But, you know, having – an impact player yeah. go the other way. You get a certain amount of picks, whether it's two or three picks, you get a third, second, fourth, fifth, um, and then put it in for next year. But this team is going to be built for next year. And yeah. we just have to watch them be great for the rest of the year because we know they will be. Yeah. Um, I look at their picks. I don't know what they can acquire this year. They have one second, no thirds, no fourths. They have two seconds next year, though, so that's po- that's a positive. Mm-hmm. Um, it's tough, right? Because when your best player is a defenseman who probably won't be back next year, because he has AHL eligibility, yeah. but he's a defenseman who's an import. That's tough, right? But if you're mint, if you can maybe flash Mintikoff out there, see what you can get, acquire a good O four and some picks, allows you to acquire a good player for your core of next year. And then also it allows you to acquire draft picks to move elsewhere. And I think that's big um, because there's, but here's the thing. I think they, and I think by making that move, you're buying and selling. It's kind of like the move the London Knights made with um, the Hamilton Bulldogs to trading Robert Thomas to acquire uh, Connor McMichael, right? Where you see McMichael come in young player. And then all of a sudden he comes back and then you see the goals, the goal. Because, to be honest, if the season doesn't get cut short due to COVID, the London Knights are probably the are the OHL champion that year. <laughs> that, yeah. you know, Liam Foody, Connor McMichael, good defense on the back end. That team was loaded. Um, I And I think it's one of those moves where we can flash Mintikoff out there, get a good 4 and then get some draft picks. I think that really helps you. And um, it allows you to have some luxury to make the move for the future in the offseason as well. Mm-hmm. But when you make that move, though, there's no guarantee 
of getting the Memorial Cup. That's another thing too, right? When you're good right now, there's no guarantee you'll be where you are next year at this time. If you don't get the Memorial Cup, where are you going to be? When this team, will, I, I believe, will still be good. I think this team is going to be the best team next year out of the four teams bidding for the Mem Cup. Um, so if they want to flash that name out there. But other than that, I don't really – you don't really see, right? A lot of 03s maybe, but you gotta have an always you gotta have always next year. So it's tough. Yeah, that's the thing, right? This year the Saginaw Spirit 102 on the back end. That is Mitchell Smith and that you mentioned it, the O threes, you go Cam Govro, um, Pavel Minchikov, who yeah, that's a good idea. Um seeing um, you know, what teams may be interested in him and kind of recouping picks and then yeah. that other O three, uh Roberto Mancini. So um, just alone on defense, you're going to have three OAs coming into the season. Um, obviously all of them will not be a part of the Saginaw spirit. You're not usually going to go with three OAs on the back end, um, at least from what I've seen around the Ontario hockey league in recent years. But, uh, I think I'm pretty solid in, um, you know, saying that statement, but, uh, yeah, it's, I don't think we could talk anymore about how important defense is. Uh, when you go yeah. for a championship, when you host a Memorial Cup, well, that's not even basing off the Hamilton Bulldogs. It partly is because of how good they were on the back end. Um, yeah. But yeah, they'll they'll be solid for sure. You can't can't have enough defensemen. It's like baseball; you can't have enough pitching, right? Yeah, um, yeah. And so the Saginaw Spirit, yeah, no, it's they are the front runner on the ice to get the Memorial Cup. I can say that right now. Yeah. Okay, number two spot, London Knights, 41 points on the year after that very slow start. They are 9-1 in their last 10. They've won three in a row, 28-1 uh, and one on the season. Uh, they have one game in hand on the Windsor Spitfires, being one point behind them, and technically the Saginaw Spirit, who are both tied for the West Division lead. Um, you could easily say they're going to add. I think there are more moves the London Knights are going to make. Uh, we tell yeah. who knows their biggest move might have been back at the start of the year when they acquired Sam Dickinson and George Diaco. Those may be the two biggest picks the London Knights make this year because Man. it is one of the biggest reasons they are in second right now in the Western Conference. I have a lot of ideas for a lot of Knights trade deadline. It's very interesting. Have you have you sent so, that email to uh to Mark yet? Man, so here's <laughs> the thing: you they have so many O fours. They have so many O fours, and I look at this and I'm like, so next year they'll be good too. Mm -hmm. And I look at their imports, like their imports, they got a spot. Gaz is up. Mm -hmm. Believe that, yeah. They got to go after uh, Mintikoff. Can you imagine Mintikoff on that back end? London always acquires deep defensemen at the deadline. If they do that, they're going to have zero picks because they have one second this year, two-thirds, no fourths. They have no seconds next year, but they have two-thirds. So you'll probably trade your 2022 second, your 2024 second, and with the amount of picks they have, they're going to have to cough up an 04. Probably a defenseman on the back end. They're going to have to quite – they're going to have to cop up one of them and see what happens. So there's the one idea I had about acquiring a D because they always acquire defense. And then you look at their defense where we already talked about that. I think there's some question marks on the back. Like they have a good defense score, but when you look at their defense points wise, 
there's a drop off in the bottom too. All of a sudden, you make your fifth defenseman, who their fifth defenseman right now is Ethan McKinnon. You make him your sixth defenseman. Everyone gets bumped down a spot. Can you imagine when you see Oliver Bonk? Who, by the way, he's one of my most underrated players in the draft this year. I love his game. I don't know why people decide to chirp his game. Can you imagine having 22 points in 29 games? He's a plus eight rank rating, plus minus wise. He's had all the success. He's good in his own end in not having him on your OHL draft board. Like, cover the league. I have no words. I have zero words for anyone to knock his game. I love his game. Um, but when he's your fifth, de- fourth, fifth defenseman, that's a contender. Sam Dickinson's a fourth, fifth defenseman on this team. <laughs> like, how are you yeah. not a contender? You like, I don't like Oliver Bong's leading their defense and scoring. That's insane. Like, he's in his draft year. So, if you can add another defenseman, like, Pavel Mintikov, look out. And um, I love that. And then also, I mentioned it last week, Brett Harrison. I thought Brett Harrison, I think he's, I think he's a, I think he's got London Kitchener written all over him. Um, and also, I could see London, and if that move doesn't work out, Mintikoff, I mean, that's just, I'm just spitting here. Mm-hmm. But um, Brett Harrison makes sense. Brett Rissette makes sense. Um, Ryan Winterton. Yeah, right? depending on the way Hamilton, Hamilton wants, wants to Yeah, Hamilton, Hamilton wants O4s. If they can't make the Morrison move, because it's a tough move to make being in OA when there's limited teams available. Mm-hmm. And Hamilton wants O4s because they're not, I don't think they're going to want an OA back because I think they want that ability to develop these guys. Because every time we've talked to Jay and heard from Jay McKee, it's always been develop, develop, develop. So I don't think they're going to go in that direction. So maybe Ryan Winterton's an option for the, for the London Knights. But that's that. When you look at the a Winterton type deal, you're looking at a Mintikoff type deal. Mm-hmm. So, only one or the other. But I can see them going after either making one big trade like they tried to do last year for Mason McTavish, or a couple couple fill in trades to beef up that bottom six. But I'd like to see them get bigger. I'd like to see them get bigger up front. I think Diaco McGurn would look really good with Harrison on the wing or Brissett, especially Harrison because Harrison's a guy where you got to get him the puck. You in the puck, he's good. And I think he's a guy that's good away from the pucks as well. And I think he's perfect for a guy like Diaco who can stick handle and a guy like McGurn who can get it on the fourth check and battle. I think he's a perfect guy for that line. So Brett Harrison to me, I've had him written to London all along. I think he's I think the London Knights should be all over that because I think he fits their system and fits that line perfectly. And number one, Windsor Spitfires, 42 points. They are 19-7-3-1 on the year. Um, they have been better of late. There was a stretch there that you know they mm-hmm. kind of dropped a bit. Saginaw took over the division, but uh, the Windsor Spitfires are back uh, on track. And, you know, you're not just looking at a first-place team that, you know, they can just you – know, they've been playing well. Uh, they can just coast, uh, and they'll be okay. They'll still be in a top-three spot. Well, no, because of that stretch, that didn't go very well. There are some flaws with this team, and they've got a goaltender. Uh, Matt Onishka is going to be the goaltender for this team, barring something that 
goes wild. But yeah, you talk about the amount of picks they have. Um, do they repeat as, as West Division champions? Severed in the first three, yeah, the first three rounds, the next two years, they have seven picks. So they got the picks to make a move. This is another team. I think the Brad Harrison, Brett Brissett, the play, like those seven, eight, seven to ten seeds in the East and West, I think they're going to have a lot of value. Um, to me, if the Hamilton Bulldogs ship Ryan Winterton, he's a forward available. Um, mm-hmm. You're looking at a, over a point-of-game player. Um, I think any team should be all over him if you're going for it. Um, I think that's a big move. But, yeah, he's been hurt, but I think he's a really good hockey player. He's probably, in my opinion, he's the best forward available if he's on the block. But um, Windsor, like we mentioned, Brett Brissett, Brett Harrison, um, they have the picks to do it. I, w- I think they would definitely be involved. I could see Oshawa trading him to a Western Conference team in Harrison. I wouldn't I – wouldn't, I'd be surprised if he went to a place like North Bay. If you look at the North Bay picks, I don't see them making that move. And I think that I think it's gonna be like the Stillman deal with Harris. And I think it's gonna go down to the wire because it can. And mm-hmm. um just because like I think it's gonna be the alternative, right? Who's the best available? We gotta establish who's the best player available right now at the deadline. And it'll be like once the McTavish deal went last year, then the Stillman deal was the alternative. So which just I- didn't fall through. I think we can do that now. We've gone through the east. We've gone through the west. We got to round out the second segment soon um, before we get to the yeah. We're going a little bit of we're going way over here. Um, yeah. Who is the best player at the deadline, uh, Colin? You can start. Who is that Mason McTavish this year? Well, it's still early yet because we don't know. Um, I was going to say for great, there could be a big surprise, and the biggest fish is Shane Wright. Yeah. Yeah, that's the thing. We don't know our Brent Clark. Uh, it's tough. It's very hard to tell right now. Mm-hmm. Um, three weeks away, I think. Right now, currently in the league, I'll say. Because Shane Wright's the biggest one. I was going to say, heading current- into the Christmas break, this will more than likely change. Heading into the Christmas break, who is that guy that you want and you know that can help you win a championship? Well... Oh, with the OAs including, it's got to be Logan Morrison. With the OAs, it's a Logan Morrison. Not away. Brad Harrison. I'm a Harrison fan, but the thing is about Harrison, I think he's a guy you got to get the pucks to. I don't mm-hmm. think he's a guy that's going to go get the pucks. In, um, yeah, he's going to get it on the forecheck. He's going to win you battles. But... I think he's a guy that would be a really good player with a guy that can control the play. Other than that, Amadeus Lombardi from Flint would be my big one. I'd say Lombardi, Mintikoff, Harrison, Brissett, mm-hmm. my big four. Not always. For me, and I, I totally agree. I'm not even going to name some of those guys because I completely agree with you, Colin. Uh, my guy to add to that list, and you've kind of mentioned this, so this kind of mm-hmm. got got my brain to thinking a little bit about the direction that this team is going in and kind of how they've looked yeah. over the last stretch of games. Um, you add to your defense, Ethan Del Mastro from the Mississauga Steelheads. Yeah. I think he's a name that is very much in play. Um, yeah. Unless it's going to turn around and next in year. 10 in a row. But 
Um, I don't trust the goaltending right now for Mississauga. I don't think yeah. Mississauga beats. I don't think Mississauga wins a second round. Maybe a maybe a first round deep series in the first round. So it's a 50-50 in the first round, but they I don't think they win the second round. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, he's a drafted player. He's a fourth rounder of the Chicago Blackhawks in 2021. Uh, he's essentially a point of game defenseman. He's got two goals, but 19 assists, 21 points in yeah. total in 22 games. Uh, he's a plus four against the team or on a team that has not played very good hockey over the last mm-hmm. 10 games. Uh, you, you put him in a group with Pavel Minchikov and we're not saying Minchikov's on the board, but if he is, Ethan Del Mastro is in that conversation of guys mm-hmm. who will definitely help a team win a championship. He will stand in front of shots. He will get shots through from the point. And yeah. just just a guy that can get it done at, at both ends of the ice, whether even though he's not scoring them, he's setting them up. And then mm-hmm. he can, you know, he gets the job done in his own end, of course, with you know being the great defenseman that he is. And he will have a world juniors under his belt as well. I think the defense I think the defense group in this year's trade deadline is better than the forwards. Um I think there's a lot better defense and forwards this year. I think the values better at the back end this year, but mm-hmm. very, very good point there. Yeah. They said that for the last, I think the last two weeks watching Mississauga, we've both said uh, behind closed doors, like if the opportunity is there to trade a guy like Del Mastro, I think you got to do it. I think they're better next year. I, I don't think, Miss, I think Mississauga, they're the, when I watch their defense, when I watch their team, Beck's back next year. Del Ball Blues is back next year. That's a good team next year. Um, I don't trust their goaltending right now. Um, I think Leaders is your guy, to be honest. When mm-hmm. I watch them play, I think he's going to be the guy. See, rookie, 16-year-old goalie. Yeah, that's tough. So that's interesting to see, but I think they're a team that's better next year. And I think they got the soul searching to do. I think they're the team that has the searching to do to see, okay, like, you have to do that gut check time. Are we really good enough to do it? Mm-hmm. And it's one of those things, either go for it or don't. They did get a lot of picks back from the law this past week. So that's a big And the fact that you trade a young player away, who's an 0-4 away, that's kind of surprising. So you get the picks. And then you trade an 04 a player that would be a valuable member of next year's team. We've had a very good AHL camp and a very good NHL camp with the Ottawa Senators and the Belleville Senators this past summer yeah. and Zach LeBlanc. So I think they'll make I think they'll buy, but I don't think that's the right move. I agree. Um their their defense is youngish and oldish, whatever way you want to look yeah. at it. Liam and Spencer in 06, uh Von Richter in 06. Finn Harding's in 05, but classified as a rookie for the Steelheads. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and then, you, then you look at Larson. He's an OA this year. Uh, Callahan's an OA. Of course, Del Mastro will be an OA next year. They're in between, especially yeah. on defense. They're in between. And you said it. They have to make a decision. They're, they're, they're in the same boat as the Bulldogs. You yeah. have to decide which way you're going. And I don't. And I think for the Steelheads, they're more concerned about maybe staying pat than the Bulldogs might be. But I don't think the Steelheads yeah. are a team that has to, you know, stay put and do nothing. I think something has to happen. I think there's going to be a move on the back end, depending on who yeah. it is. 
But I think it is going to happen, whether it's Dumbass or whether it's Callahan, whether it's Larson. Um, it's they got to do something, man. Or you think they have to? So I'm just saying, like, like I trade like if I was them, and we're not. So this isn't true. But if I was them, I would trade. I'd try to flash out Del Mastro, get a good defenseman in return. He's an 04, a year younger, and picks. So it allows you to still be a quality team this year and a, qual- a quality team and an above quality team next year. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the type of move I would try to make. It gets you a lot of picks, gets you a good def- it gets you a good defenseman, obviously not Del Mastro, but it gets you a defenseman that, and it keeps your team relatively the same. And I think that's the type of move they got to make. Kind of neutral, kind of like what we think of Saginaw. Yeah. I think those teams are very similar. <laughs> Me personally, I think Saginaw's better than Mississauga. Um, but I think that's the type of move Mississauga needs to make. I think they have to make that tough move. They got a lot of picks back in return from Niagara, so that kind of changes things they can buy. But I don't necessarily think that's the right decision to do. At the time, because I don't, they'd have to add like the players we mentioned, the good players we've mentioned that like that we think should be available. They'd have to add at least two or three of those players for me to think, okay, now they can beat North Bay or beat Ottawa. And they only have one step, like prior to the trade, they only have one second this year, one third, and two fourths prior to the deal with Niagara. Next year, one second, no thirds, no fourths. So they really don't have a lot of picks. So that's kind of a tough move to make, right? And they did trade picks last year for JQ Birdie. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of interesting to me to see what they'll do, but I would I would stay neutral. I try to flash my O3s out there on the block, see what can happen, see what um Chris Egg and Chet catch there and uh see what happens. But yeah. That's what I think they'll do. All right, we've hit the hour mark on segment number two alone. No big deal. All good. Yeah, um, we're going. It'll be an overtime one. We're not back for two weeks. Very true. Great point. Uh, so we will take a break when we come back. Um, World Juniors are starting, and they will start during our holiday break. Um, so we will look at that. The pre-tournament has begun. Shocking. Canada's good. Um, so we yeah. will get to that. We'll get to all things World Juniors, and then our pre-break power rankings or our Christmas break power rankings should be interesting. Yeah. We will talk about all of that next here on the OHL and 60 podcast. Welcome back to the OHL and 60 podcast. One final segment before we round out the show and wrap things up for 2022 world juniors boxing day. Everything starts. And before we get into it, all of these times we are talking about is Atlantic standard time. Um, Yeah. Just to put that out there. So this is not Eastern for all us Ontarians. Um, that are watching the tournament. I can I can convert it. It's an hour. It's just an hour, isn't it? Yeah. 
Okay. I can convert it. I wasn't a big fan of time zone crap in school. You know what I'm going to miss? You know what I'm going to miss about not playing out like in Alberta? The late games. I like the late games more than really the early games. Well, when you work, it's tough to watch the early games. You can watch True. the late yeah. games. Yeah, good point. Yeah. Yeah, because, yeah, the Canada-Czechia game to start the, well, to start Canada's tournament anyways is at 6.30, albeit, oh, it's on a Monday, and I have that Monday off, so that's all right. But, uh, yeah, that'll be a 6.30 start. Anyways, day one uh, on Boxing Day, the 26th, um, 11 o'clock Eastern, Switzerland, Switzerland and Finland kick things off in Moncton. At 1.30 Eastern, Austria and Sweden. That game goes down in Halifax. Back over to Moncton. 4 o'clock start between the United States and Latvia. And then to finish off day one, it is the fourth game of the day. 6.30 Eastern, Canada gets Czechia in Halifax. And the way things we're going to do it, we're just going to kind of read out the schedule, get you set for the games. Um, and then kind of our prediction for Canada, at least going throughout the round robin. So uh, this game calling against Czechia to start the tournament. Um, I think it's a given. You'd like to start off with the win, but uh, how do you see this game playing out, Colin? Yeah, Czechia is going to be the second hardest team for Canada on the schedule for the round robin. Um, I think it's a good – this is a good team to start up with. I think it's a good team to start the tournament against because they're a quality team. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens. But I think Canada should win. I think Canada's going to have a pretty good hockey team this year. And um, so it'll be interesting to see what happens. But, yeah, I'm going with Canada in this one. I won. Yeah. Yeah, I'm kind of with you there. Yeah, yeah, you're not playing – uh, like the United States gets Latvia and Sweden gets Austria, right? It's not one of those games where you know that team is probably going to finish last in that uh, in that group. Um, you know, you get you get a challenge to start the tournament, and I've always kind of liked that. Obviously, you get one of those bottom teams, you expect a victory on opening night, but um, you also want a challenge as well, so you're not just thrown off guard once you get to the medal round. So, uh, yeah, Canada, yeah, Czechia. Yeah. Uh the de- December 27th, Tuesday, uh 11 a.m. Eastern, Slovakia and Finland in Moncton. Um 1:30 start in Halifax, Sweden and Germany. 4 o'clock is Latvia and Switzerland and then 7:30 to round it out Czechia back-to-back days to start the tournament they play Austria, um which will definitely be the easier of the two games. Um, between the 26th and 27th. Head to the 28th, it's the United States uh, kicking things off. Four o'clock start, only two games uh, on the 28th. It's the U.S. and Slovakia, and then at 6.30, it is Germany and Canada. Um, For this one, Wardy, both expect a Canadian victory? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's a good one. We get to see Vincent Roar. We get to see Roar play. Yes, yes. Yeah, great point. Other than that, yeah, should win. Yeah. Uh, 29th of December is a Thursday, 11 a.m. It is Finland and Latvia. 1.30, Czechia and Sweden. Uh, 4 o'clock, the Swiss and the United States. And 
This is Canada's back-to-back here. They get Austria. It is a 6.30 start in Halifax, Nova Scotia. Tough to really talk about that when you expect Canada to um, to go at least get their second win of the tournament, I think, for sure. Mm-hmm. Second for sure win of the tournament. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Go- Go to the 30th, only a couple of games, Latvia, Slovakia, and Austria, and Germany. Kind of that. I, I, I hate saying this because it's junior hockey, and it's still 20 times more entertaining than the NHL is on a lot of times. Um, but this is that kind of lull day uh, in the world yeah. juniors, right? Yeah. It's tough. That and the one after New Year's. The day after New Year's, when you get the day off, that sucks. Yes, absolutely. Because the New Year's Eve games are so fun and entertaining, and the next day, there's nothing. But I can tell you right now, New Year's Eve, we got busy days. Because the team in Ann Arbor plays, and the Ohio State Buckeyes play the Georgia Bulldogs on New Year's Eve at 8.30. So I'm pumped for that. But, yeah, we got a busy day. I was going to say, yeah, it's busy day. We got college football. Have a million Um, screens on. Yeah, the decision to go to Mississauga with the Hamilton Bulldogs yeah. is still up for debate. And then of yeah, course I'm you get going. the Canada game at night. I plan on going I plan on going with the Bulldogs on New Year's Eve. And then yeah. What happens happens after <laughs> we'll see what happens. But I plan on going to that because the Bulldogs it'll be near the deadline and um yeah. See what goes on. Yes, for sure. And that'll be a part of a back-to-back against Mississauga, which is always exciting. Mm-hmm. All right. On New Year's Eve, this is how the schedule goes down. At 11 a.m., Slovakia uh, gets Switzerland. 1.30, Germany and Czechia. 4 o'clock, the Finns and the U.S., which is exciting game number one of the day. Yeah. And then the big That's one. That's yeah, that is for first place in that. Both game. games. I Both agree. games. Yeah. Both games in the afternoon hour in the evening yeah. hour will be big for the pool, I would yeah. imagine. Yeah, 6:30 Sweden and Canada. They got some players. Sweden's good. Um Sweden's really good. Uh I can't wait to see them play. Um I know uh, Leo Carlson, that game's going to be fun because you have Carlson from Sweden. You have the three top picks in the draft in that game going into this year. You have Carter Bedard, Adam Fantilli from Canada, and then you have Carlson on Sweden. Those are the three best players. That's right on. That's a scout's dream. You see the three best players in this year's draft. Yeah. Carlson's a star. Carlson's a star. This Sweden team's really good. Um, it'll be fun to see what happens. It's very big, though. It's big because... You have to win the group because you want to avoid that crossover of having to play a Finn or U.S. team in the semifinal. That's a game you want to avoid that. That's why that game's so important to win your group because you don't want to play that team in the semifinal. You want to avoid that crossover. This year's pretty neutral, though, right? You got Finland. You have Finland and uh, the U.S. in one pool. Then you got Canada, Sweden. You have Czechia, Slovakia in opposites as well. So it's pretty even this year. You can't mm-hmm. say it like it was before. When Canada really only had Czechia and the rest of the teams, you know, you should be able to beat. Yeah, that's the like thing. That. Yeah, exactly. The top of the group, obviously, you go Canada, Sweden, Group A. Group B, you go the U.S. and Finland. Um, then you got yeah. that middle team where it's Czechia and Slovakia. Then you have mm-hmm. that team where 
yeah, okay, we've liked we've liked them in you know certain tournaments. Certain tournaments they just absolutely crap the bed. Some tournaments they you know sneak out a couple of wins. That's Switzerland and Germany. Um, and then I think obviously you throw Latvia and Austria there, into that uh, bottom spot in each. Group. There, yeah, because there is a relegation this year. Yes, yes, there is. So that want- is the round robin. Time for predictions. The gold medal game, by the way, uh, goes Thursday, January 5th. It will be a 6.30 start from Halifax, Nova Scotia. Um, Let's go with our one, two, three predictions. Who plays in the gold medal? Who plays in the bronze medal game? And who wins? Can we do the group first and then go on? I got to see what the group is. I I have group A going Canada, Sweden. Czechia, Germany, Austria. And then Group B, I have Finland, U.S., Slovakia, Switzerland, Latvia. So in the so the, the relegation, okay. I have Austria and Latvia. Yeah. And then the quarterfinals, I would have Canada against Switzerland, who played Monday night in the pre-tournament. Yeah. I would have Sweden against Slovakia. Mm-hmm. Then I would have Finland against Germany in the U.S. against Czechia. So then, yeah. So then after the yeah. So then the crossover. So you have so Czechia four. Yeah. Germany yeah. three. No, Germany three, or Czechia three, Germany four. Um, okay. My my final four, my semifinal, then I would have U.S., Canada, Finland, Sweden. What a semifinal. That's all right, be. eh? Rivalries in both countries, the biggest rivalries for both countries. Both yeah. games would be the biggest rivalry. That would be right on for the game yeah. of hockey. And I can see this going, panning. <laughs> I, see Canada, I see Canada beating the States. Like, and mm-hmm. you can't uh, every time Canada plays the States, it's always close, so you can't mm-hmm. say it's a bad game. It's gonna be interesting to see what the States are. I think there's, a, I think the tiers, though, I think the tiers, I think Canada, Sweden are the teams, they're the two favorites coming in, and then I see Finland right below them because Finland's always good, and then the U.S., we don't really know what they are, they cut. I mean, Sasha passed off. Ty Voigt never got the invite, so it's going to be interesting to see what happens if they don't play. If the U.S. doesn't play good, there's going to be a lot of backlash from that from those picks. Maybe not necessarily from the U.S. hockey media, but the North American media, with include that includes the Canadian media, will definitely enforce that. So, I have Canada in the gold medal game, U.S. in the bronze medal game. Sweden, Finland is a cross up because you can never sleep on Finland. Mm-hmm. They're always there. They will definitely be in the final four. They will definitely be one of the top four teams there, Finland. Um, I'm going to go Sweden, Canada. The three, be- can you imagine that? The three best picks, the- my three top picks right now in the NHL draft in the finals Canada, Sweden, rematch of the Buffalo one. Yeah. So, 
I've got essentially the same bracket you have, but mm-hmm. I think the U.S. takes Group B. So obviously okay. them and Finland get flipped. Um, you go. So I guess that would go. Be Finland and Canada in the one semifinal, and then you go Sweden U.S. the other one. Yeah. Um. So I'm taking Canada over Finland. I think the U.S. beats Sweden. And I think we have a Canada-USA gold medal game. I think we have Sweden-Finland in the bronze. And I think we go Canada-US-Finland. Or uh, Sweden, I should say. Sweden being the three seed, Finland finishing fourth. Yeah, I agree. I like that bag. Yeah. I respect that. That's a good one. So I have my final Canada-Sweden. Finland, U.S. in the bronze. Do we predict scores? Let's score the gold medal game. <laughs> Some fun. I'll tweet, you know, How do you predict I'll tweet that? it. I'll tweet it when yeah. it happens. All right. But on the one thing, I guess we might as well say this. One thing you're looking for in this tournament, Reese, if you want me to go first, I can. You know what I want to see in this tournament? I'm pumped to see it back in a junior market where this tournament should always be. This tournament should never play in an NHL building. Unless it's a coincidence. Yes. I, no, a I agree. I agree with you 100%. But I'm pumped. I am pumped for this tournament to be back in the junior market. I cannot wait to see the atmosphere come back. We need junior prices back on these games. Yeah. And we need it in junior markets. And this is this is a big tournament for Hockey Canada to have the ter- to host the tournament. And they have to have success because, quite frankly, they haven't. Yeah, no, I I, t- I didn't even think of that, but I totally agree. We we've had enough of Toronto, Montreal. Um, yeah, we've seen I'm a lot of Edmonton. Toronto's not a junior hockey years. market. They are. They're not a hockey market, and I think we've said that numerous times. Um, no, I I agree with that. Biggest thing I'm looking forward to is just hockey. Around the holidays, that that's that's the biggest thing I'm looking forward to. The NHL breaks, uh, obviously they'll be back once the tournament is still going on, but um, we're 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 back to junior hockey glory. We're back to international hockey, and it's it's really unfortunate that we don't have Russia in this tournament, but uh it's still the best time of the year i didn't watch one world junior game in the summer because the world juniors in summer sounds absolutely <laughs> stupid um, i was waiting for that sorry yeah for we're, we're back to the real world juniors and um it's in a junior hockey market it's out east where there are no nhl markets there's nothing perfect. beyond montreal that is absolutely a perfect spot to have the tournament um St. John just hosted the Memorial Cup last year. Um, so why not keep piling it on out east? You get Halifax and Moncton this year. St. John had the Mem Cup last year. It's perfect. I totally agree with this. Um, it, it's going to be a fun time. I can't wait. Um, and let's go Canada. And I know if my brother's listening, he'll be cheering for the U.S. for God knows what reason. Yeah, what's going on there? But, uh, yeah. yeah. Now he's been doing that I for years. I want an explanation so. about that. Yeah, no, he was a Ryan Miller fan for a couple of years because he played for Buffalo. But uh, hey. yeah, that is the reason. So, 
I remember last week, last week on the Hammertown podcast when you were sharing about him being at home when uh, Hamilton beat Windsor at home. Yeah, that was good. Um, yeah, that Boxing was good. Day. Boxing Day. He'll, is he gonna, he's going to be home? Um, I'll be there. I'll Send be in him. Windsor. Should post the Crosby Golden Goal. We should post like all the, like, 501 the famous members. Yeah. Yeah. Because you guys got a history. So that'd be awesome. Yeah. All right. Quick power rankings before we round out the show, Colin. Heading into the holiday break, who is your number five? My power rankings. Very interesting. This is my top teams right now. The standings do not matter. They obviously do, but they don't because it's the best teams that I've saw. No, I get what you're saying. Number five right now. Statement right here. Statement. Kitchen Rangers. They've, they've won six in a row. When All I look right. at the team, they're the hottest team in that division. In the Western Conference right now, who's a better team? Obviously, there are, but... London Knights. Look at the last, yeah, but Kitchener's, Kitchener's hot. Okay, last six games. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> well, but yeah, Della Kitchener's five. All right. Um, for me, the Saginaw Spirit are number five. Um, yeah, they're they're still at the top of their division, well tied. But uh, yeah, it's uh, it's going to be very telling these next few weeks um, how their season is going to play out. Um, but for me, right now, they are number five in my power rankings. Um, Colin, number four for you. Yeah, four for me, Winter Spitfires. They are number four for me as well. I, I'm, w- I'm with you on that one. Um, number three. Three for me, as I'm popping up my notes. Uh, three, North Bay Battalion. North Bay? Yeah. North North Bay was pushing to be number two and possible number one. Yeah, it's really hard to argue with the London Knights nine and one record, eh? In the last ten. Yeah. Really hard to argue with that. Um yeah. but but they are number three for me, the London Knights. Um I still think the North Bay Battalion are better than London. Yeah. It's close for me, but I have London over North Bay. All right. So, yeah, I was going to say, essentially, that flips. I'm North Bay, too. You're London, too. And then, obviously, that leaves the Ottawa 67 still in that number one spot. That goal differential is just unbelievable. 134 goals for 83 against uh, 49 points as we head into the Christmas break. What a start. 24-6-0-1. They're good. They're really good. They've been number one for me every week. So definitely yeah, worth Ottawa. It. Yeah, Ottawa London two, Ottawa one for me as well. Um well not as well, but at one Ottawa as well. I don't think they've been they're not gonna be out of the one spot for a while. I mean they made it through the whole first half in the one spot, so congrats for them. But uh yeah, it's gonna be a fun second half and uh can't wait to see what happens, but Ottawa's been really good. Yeah. And that will do it. The year is over for us 
on the OHL and 60 podcast. It was a long one, but who cares? Not a <laughs> New Year's resolutions though. or what? Um, By the way, I figured out my top five Christmas movies. Yes. Yes, we I forgot we were going to do that. Yeah. Um, I got to start at one. All right. So one's Elf. Um, yeah. Wow. Disagree? Yeah, I'm not. I'm not a big hey, Elf I'll, guy. I am. I'm a comedy guy. I, I watched that. Uh, hey, by the way, when I went to the mall, I went to the mall on Saturday. Mm-hmm. Santa was there. I was so tempted. You sat to on drop his lap, the... didn't you? No, no, no. We thought about it. All right. I brought it up. Um, <laughs> to... Yeah, so I thought about it, but I wanted to go up by the fence and just go, Santa! Santa! In <laughs> <laughs> the elf. You nice. know, in the mall. I think that's the most priceless scene in any Christmas movie. The most funniest scene I can see when he's. Uh... <laughs> You see all the little kids in the store, and all you see is Will Ferrell. Santa! That was <laughs> just awesome. going crazy. So, I'm in perfect because I'm like 6'2, six 6'3, six and being in, you imagine being with Santa Claus last I would stand out. So, it would be yeah. perfect to do it. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, Number one for me is the Santa Claus 2. I really like that. that was like like I'm a big fan of snowball fights and when they had a snowball fight with all those like Bro. with all so, the what, what is, with all those soldiers that was I'm man. a big fan so that's number one for me. I hated those soldiers. Those soldiers, they sucked. The soldiers they in Santa Claus too sucked. So my girlfriend and I were watching these shows um, on Disney Plus. You know how um, they released the new like a Santa Claus series. Yes, uh, I do not like it through first two up ep- the first two episodes. Not a fan. It's interesting. I won't spoil the end for you. I almost predicted it, by the way. So that was pretty cool. I'm kind of good at that now. That a boy. Love but, that. <laughs> cocky at that. But yeah. Um, okay, but yeah, those those like robot things. They gave me nightmares for a week when I was seven years old. Did you know Santa Claus Two came out when we were six? I knew it That's was crazy. young, but I yeah. didn't think it was six. I watched it when I was seven, and like I didn't sleep for two days. Every because you know, like when Santa <laughs> opens the closet or whatever, or the elf opens the closet and the one pops out. Yeah, I didn't open my bedroom closet for a week. Oh, Lord. I was terrified. Oh, <laughs> yeah, so yeah, I loved that one too. That was a good one. Yeah. But yeah, right now I just have my top one. That's elf. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Number two. We'll just do top three here. Number two favorite Christmas movie. I'm going to say the Santa Claus series. All right. Yeah, I can't pick the whole series. I wasn't the biggest fan of one. I don't know. Yeah. That's just me. Um, Number two. That's tough. Um... I, I still I, I like Rudolph. Rudolph's a good uh good Christmas movie. That'll be number two for me. The cla- the classic one. Yeah. Like classic oh god, one. yeah, the classic one, yeah. Yeah, like the like the one that was like before like like when we were like out before we were born, like yeah. you're like born into it. That one and the Frosty the Snowman one. Yeah, Frosty. That was that's my number three. It's Frosty. Okay. Yeah, those ones are really good. Yeah. I'd go man, I I'd go three I would go three Rudolph. 
And then if there's a fourth frosty, then fifth would be the Polar Express. Oh yeah, Polar Express. Yeah, that's number four. Yeah, I'm with you, man. By the way, what I forget what day that was. I also Saturday. have a wild card movie, but go ahead, Morty. Man, Saturday or Sunday, went around in London in this these houses, like the lights. There was this one projection, and I swear it was like a real Santa Claus. Um, I have the video on my phone. I'll send it to you. Let me know what you think. But right. it literally looked like a real life Santa Claus, and like I still believe like it was real, like. It was such a good edit, um, like such a good graphic that they did. I'm sending it to you right now. It should send pretty quickly, but um, yeah, it's loading. But yeah, it's really cool. It just sent now. But these houses, so they had a radio station, Reese, and it was in London. I forget what road it was, but we went to these a couple houses. And it was really good. But this one, they had the lights going right to the beat of these Christmas songs. So they had the Poor Express song. And it was legit going. You see the video? Yeah. Oh my That's god. Isn't that insane? Jeez. Like, it really looks like a real person. I'm so tempted to post it. I think I posted it on my Instagram. Wow. But, yeah. That's impressive, eh? That's like, pretty sweet. Shout out to the city of London, Ontario. The like the people there like they got decked out there's a few places mm-hmm. um few places around the OH, few places around the ohl a few ohl cities with nice lights as well Kitchener waterloo has a nice one um sarnia has a good one niagara ha- niagara falls is sweet along the falls that's a good one but um yeah big lights guy this year so that was pretty cool to see all the lights and um yeah good time yeah uh, wild card Christmas movie for me, Daddy's Home Two. Good one. I like that one. That's that's a good one. Yeah, that is a good one. That's yeah. my wild card movie. I like that one. Yeah. All right, now uh-huh. that is it for our final show of 2022. Uh, we said it last week on our anniversary show. Uh, we'll say it again because another year, another calendar year is in the books for the OHL in 60 podcast and the first calendar year for the OHL in 60 podcast, of course, previously being OH or the O in 60 podcast year, of course, now the OHL, a full calendar year of that. Thanks to everyone uh, who has tuned in in 2022 shout out to Reed Duthie, Hamilton Bulldogs and the Bulldogs audio network completing our first full year on the Bulldogs audio network. That was huge. Um, yeah, last year. And yeah, no, just it's been a fun year, and we hope everyone has a uh, very Merry Christmas, Happy New Year. Um, I will get yeah. the date for everyone just to make sure that uh, I am correct in saying this. We are we're back, back the on the 3rd of January. That is when we are <laughs> yeah. back um, on the it's air. Because we always record on the semifinal day. Of the yeah. world series, we're like, we hope this team wins or loses. We hope that sounds stupid, yeah. but this year's going to be good because we're actually playing a full schedule during the game, so we're going to have a busy show coming back. And then, plus, trade deadline week. Mm-hmm. So, our world junior talk ahead of if Canada's not in the gold medal game, we probably won't have a lot of gold, 
um, gold medal game talk because it's a big week for us as OHL fans. It's it's trade deadline week when we return, so that's going to be exciting, and um, we'll see what happens. But it's good because the tenth is on a Tuesday, so it's a following Tuesday, Reese. So do we record the week after? We'll probably have to record Tuesday night and release on Wednesday. Yeah, because the deadline. We will. Yeah, for we'll sure. have to do that. But yeah, all the listeners, thank you for listening. Have a have a safe and a happy New Year and a Merry Christmas. Uh, and um, yeah, see you after yeah. the break. Yeah, and one final time before we sign off, uh, this show uh, was for you, number fifteen in green. Um, yeah, AK fifteen. Yeah, uh, Abakar Kazbekov, rest in peace. And you know what? Sorry, Reese. Sorry about that. Can I? I just want to mention one thing about Abakar before. Um, sorry about that, but um. Abakar has been here for three years now in Canada and he was our, this year he was teaching English. So that's very impressive. That's one tweet from Ryan Payette on Abakar that really stood out to me. And everyone we've talked to about Abakar first class individual, really good kid. And um, yeah, this shows for you. AK 15. Yes. So signing up for one final time in 2000. And 22. Thank you everyone for listening, and we will chat again in 14 days.